Greetings, everyone. You're tuned in to another session of Let's Talk Jesus. I'm Rayshard Pinkney. I want you to get close and get your Bibles and follow me in the scripture. And let's have a conversation that matters. I have a question. So are you saying that we have no chance or hope against sin, that we can't help ourselves but to sin? No, I am not saying... I'm not telling anybody that they cannot control themselves. I'm not telling anybody that they cannot subdue the will and desires of their flesh. I am telling you that that's what you have to do. You have to subdue and control the will of your flesh. Because The feelings that's in your flesh are natural feelings. You don't have to pray for them. You don't have to ask for them. If you keep living, those desires exist in the flesh. And this is why when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus in John 3 and 6, he told Nicodemus, he said, that which is born of flesh is flesh. And he said, that which is born of spirit is spirit. This right here shows you that there is a distinction between the two. There is a fleshly nature and there is a spiritual nature. And they can both exist. They both can exist. They can both exist in the same flesh body. Huh? You read about it in John 3 when he was talking to Nicodemus. He say, that which is born of the flesh is is flesh and that which is born of the spirit he say it is spirit so you got to separate the nature of the flesh in order to understand how to govern your flesh because if all of your decisions are made in the flesh then you don't know how to separate the flesh from the spirit Jesus was very clear he said if I told you carnal things and you don't understand it how can you understand spiritual things so there must be a separation between flesh and spirit and the works of the flesh the scripture in Galatians teaches us if you read Galatians 5 and 19 it tells you about all the works of the flesh there's 19 of them that are listed All those works of the flesh, they exist in your fleshly will. If it ain't all of them, it's one of them that at least work, but they all live in the flesh. For the scriptures say all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eye and the pride of life. This stuff live in your flesh. So no matter how holy you get, no matter how restrained you um, conduct yourself, these things live in the flesh. But some people can manage their flesh a little better than others. Some people can. But even if you manage yourself very good, it still does not determine your closeness to God. Your closeness to God is not determined on how much you sin or how much you don't sin. The scripture teaches that where there is no law, there is no sin. So when God gave the commandments, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery. These commandments were given so that mankind would have knowledge of the sin that he would commit. The scripture said, because where there is no law, there is no sin. It was not for the flesh to become perfect. 
If Jesus died in order for the flesh to come perfect, then he died in vain because there is not one flesh that is perfect. Even after you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, your flesh still have an assignment date and death date. And the scripture says appointed unto man once to die. And after that judgment, everybody must die, must put down this flesh body. The reason why is because sin, sin have lived there. Sin do live there. So Jesus had to make a separation between the flesh and the spirit. And this is why it's so hard for us to grasp that Jesus actually separate the flesh from the spirit because we like to combine it. We like to say that this person is right and we like to say that that person is wrong. But when Jesus see you, Jesus separate the flesh from your spirit. So much so to he say, we know no man after the flesh. Huh? I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians 5 and 16. It say, uh, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yet now, henceforth know we him no more. It say, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. The reason why all things become new is not your flesh. Your flesh still live, and your flesh still breathe in that natural tabernacle, which is your body. But there's an inward man that has been renewed. There's an inward man that has been regenerated. That man is the man that you live after. That man is the man that you obey. So what I'm saying, when you come out of the spirit, because nobody can stay in the spirit 24 seven, when you come out of the spirit, you're going to have to deal with the works of your flesh. This is why he said it is better to marry than to burn because some people like to pretend like there is no needs in their flesh, like they have no need in their flesh. And then they wind up thinking about it. He said the very thought of foolishness is sin. So even the thoughts that you uh, think can put you in the sin category as well as the acts that you commit. So we got to separate the flesh from the spirit. And I'll show you an example of Jesus actually separating the flesh from the spirit. I'll show you an example of Jesus actually separating human and divine. Huh? Go to Matthew 16 and 13, Matthew 16 and 13, where Jesus uh, said, who do men say that I am? He gave Peter three different names. He gave Peter three different names that he called him. So Matthew 16, if you go to the 17th verse, I want to get right to the point. It says, and Jesus answered and said unto him, bless art thou Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed it unto thee, but my father, which is in heaven, he said, blessed art thou Simon Bar-Jonah. That means son of Jonah. That's one of the names that Jesus called Peter in this 16th chapter. Then you go down in the 18th verse and then Jesus called him Peter. The name Peter means stone upon this rock. I'll build my church. The name Peter means stone means rock. Then he go in verse 23, go to verse 23 and you'll see that he called Peter Satan. Now, how did Peter become the son of Jonah? Peter, which means rock, which is the uh, foundation that the apostle uh, established for the church. Then he turned around in verse 23 and he called him Satan. 
He said, because thou sayest not the things that be of God, but of man. Anytime you cater to the flesh, anytime you do things according to the flesh, then now you can be considered of Satan. Because there's not but two great spirits. It's either God or Satan. And your body, your temple is operating to form to form or to produce whichever one of them wills. If you're in the spirit, then your body will perform the will of God. If you're not in the spirit, then your body will perform a work or the will of the flesh. And look at this. This is the thing I want you to see here. I want you to see this. Not all the time is it wrong for you to do the things of the flesh. This is why you can't try to be too holy because God actually give you time for the flesh. God actually give you permission for the flesh. Everybody like to talk about sex as if it's bad. God made sex in the Garden of Eden. That was one of the commandments that he gave Adam even before he gave him a body. He said, Adam, he said, be fruitful and multiply. He said, bring forth after your kind. Adam was given that commandment. Be fruitful and multiply. Bring forth after your kind. Well, Adam couldn't speak to the womb to make it bring forth. He had to go into it. So it wasn't that sex was condemned. It was now we're performing sex and it's not for the purpose that he made it. Originally, he performed sex or he, he in, introduced sex for childbearing. That was the purpose of sex. But now man have uh, contaminated it and now man, he needed more than just for childbearing. Well, God even permitted man to have that. He says it's better for a man to marry than to burn. Huh? What you mean burn? That mean burn within your lust. Pleasure in yourself. God gave man the, the permission. He said it's better for a man to marry than to burn. He said that the bed of the married is undefiled. He said, but that the whole and the adulterer, he said, God will judge. God gave permission for the flesh to do his thing. Now tell me you in the spirit when you're doing that work. You're not in the spirit. God gave you permission to get out the spirit. Verse mm -hmm. Corinthians 7 and 33. I'm going to start at verse 32. It says, but I would have you without carefulness. He that is unmarried cares for the things that belong to the Lord. How he may please the Lord. But he that is married cared for the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. Now, he gave you two groups of people. He gave you an unmarried person and then he gave you a married person. The reason he gave you the, the unmarried person is because he can't give you a condoning of fornication. He can't condone fornication. That's why he says it's better to marry than to burn. But if you are married, don't try that like you married to pray. For he said, don't defraud one another. He said, unless you allow temptation to come in. So then he said, the married person seeketh to do the things that please his wife. Uh, and that is of the world. So God give you permission to do the things of the world. Huh? He, he, he go along in another scripture. Even when it come down to um, 
even when it come down to the act or the uh, the, the the performance of uh, drinking, he said, "Be not drunk with wine as in excess. As in excess, don't overindulge. See, God give you permission for some things, huh? He give you permission to do some things for the flesh's sake." He even give you a scripture about uh, taking wine. He say, use a little wine for your stomach's sake. This ain't got nothing to do with the spirit. This got something to do with your fleshly infirmities. God have permitted this. So you cannot combine these. You must separate them. And so Jesus called Peter these, these separate names. He was saying, because you are human and you're divine. You, your father's son. But then when you say things that are contrary to the word of God, you are of your father, the devil. He said, if God was your father, you would love me. What you mean? Jesus said he got to die. Jesus said he got to be resurrected. He got to go before these men and he got to uh, he got to go into the ground and come out on the third day. Peter rebuked Jesus for that. He said, that's not the things of God. Anytime you go against the word of God, that is of the will of the flesh. That is of Satan. That's not of God. But don't count yourself out and say that you're not a believer. Don't count yourself out and say that you're not a child of God. Do a parent get rid of a baby when the baby poop? Or do the parent clean up the poop and keep the baby? Guess what? That baby going to poop again. But every time that baby poop, the parents separate the baby from the poop. And that's what Jesus do with sin. He separate us from sin. Every time we repent, he separate us from sin. He separated us from the sin of Adam once and for all. You don't got to get baptized, but once. When it comes down to repentance, you have to be separated from sin as often as you do it. That's why it said we die daily. And no matter how many times you need to die, he'll clean you up because you're clean by the word of God. So no, I'm not saying that you cannot stop sinning. I'm saying that the more or even if you stop sinning, that still does not get God's attention. God is faithful. I don't care if you fall a thousand times. They ask Jesus the question, how many times should I forgive? He said, how many times should I forgive my brother if he transgressed against me? Seven times? Jesus said, 70 times seven. Now, this is Jesus telling humans. He's telling people with the Holy Ghost to do that. How much more is him that is the Holy Ghost? How much more can he forgive that is the Holy Ghost? Mm -hmm. He said, no flesh can glory in his sight. There's nobody that can do nothing and do enough right for Jesus to be impressed with you. He have separated you from the flesh already. That's what repentance does. It say, for the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Amen. So no. There that is not the question. Can you can you not sin? The question is, can you separate it? Can you separate the baby from the dump? God does it all the time. He said, I pray that you sin not. He said, that's what I pray. I pray that you sin not. He said, but if you sin, he said, we have an advocate with the Father. 
I'm trying to tell you that your sinning does not affect God unless your sin affects people. He say, love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. He say, and your neighbor as yourself. When your sin affects people, then God have a problem with you. How can you come and offer up a gift? He said, if you offer up a gift and see that your brother have a problem with you, if you remember that your brother have a problem with you, he say, then how? How can you come and offer up a gift? He say, go and be reconciled to thy brother. He said, how can you say that you love God in whom you've never seen? He said, but your brother, you see him every day. So the purpose of him instituting commandments, the purpose of him instituting law is so that we can be careful towards one another. God is a spirit. They that worship him got to worship him in the spirit. If you try to worship God in the flesh, you're going to go before him like that man that came up to him at the hour of prayer. Lord, I did this. Lord, I did that. And he's going to tell you which one of these went justified. The other man didn't even come saying what he did. He just went. He couldn't even look towards heaven. He just said, be merciful unto me. So when he separated Peter's name, Simon Barjona, Peter, Satan, that was him separating the identity of the man. Flesh from spirit. Human and divine. Huh? That's what he was doing. He was separating the flesh from the spirit. The human from the divine. And you and I, if we make it into the kingdom of God, we're going to have to make it by forgiving one another. We're going to have to make it by understanding that Jesus Christ is the Savior. And you're going to have to separate the flesh from the spirit. Now, with that being said, because the scripture teaches that ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. I believe in the word working from the inside out. Then he turned around and he said, you have purified your souls through the obedience of the truth. So then your inner man gets clean by the word of God, which is a spiritual word. Your inner man gets clean. When your inner man gets clean, then it performs duties through your outer man. So then your outer man act out what's within it. Huh? Your outer man acts out whatever spirit is within it. So if an evil spirit is controlling, then the outer man will act out that spirit that's controlling. That's why Peter was speaking against Jesus instead of speaking with Jesus. Peter didn't have the same spirit. But when you get the same spirit, then you'll talk like a man that Jesus um, spoke about he. Everybody that Jesus put his spirit in, they had a boldness for the word of God, and they, and that's what you and I will have. We'll have a boldness for the word of God instead of shying away from it. So then, you must identify whether it's God or whether it's the flesh, and when you identify God actions and fleshly actions. You make sure you don't combine them. This That way you can allow somebody a forgiveness. You can allow somebody to be forgiven. But if you just try to make everybody, oh, you're supposed to be a Christian. I didn't think you would do that. You suppose, Then you have cut off the work of God. 
because all have sinned and come short to the glory of God. As long as you can understand that everybody is capable, able, and also do sin, God can deal with you. He say, for if you say you have no sin, he say that you are lying the truth ain't in you. Now, who I'm believe, you or God? I'm going to believe God. I'm going to believe the one that's able. Okay? When you understand that God is able to give you a power over your flesh, you know that that ain't going to be all the time. You know that all the time your flesh ain't going to act right. You know all the time your flesh ain't going to perform the will of God. But one thing you know is that when you do perform it, it wasn't you. It was the power that was put within you. That's the Spirit of God. There you have it. You just heard another session of Let's Talk Jesus. I'm Ray Shot, and if you would like to hear these sessions live and in person, email me at letstalkjesus at hotmail.com. Until next time, stay blessed.